Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know that. You can check me out on social at Ross Tucker NFL. All the shows are posted to at Ross Tucker Pod. We got the YouTube going, youtube.com. Slash Ross Tucker NFL, almost a year with YouTube, which is very cool because you can watch the shows and or just look at the the best highlight clips from the other shows. Maybe you don't want to watch the whole Fantasy Feast or listen to the whole Ross Tucker podcast. Watch what I thought were the three or four best moments of the whole show. Watch the highlights of those. Why not? It's awesome. Um, Speaking of awesome, so fired up about today's guest. I've known him for a long time. He's been on the show. In fact, he was on the show a year ago, right in the middle of everything going on with the pandemic. He is the founding father of Wagertainment. He literally coined the phrase. And with Steve Fezzik out this week on assignment, I could think of no one better then my buddy, Nick Costos, the host of You Better You Bet, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time every day on the Odyssey app. Check him out on social media at the Costos. Nikki, how are we doing? Doing great, man. And, and Ross, I'm a, I'm a huge Ross Tucker guy. I would never go to YouTube and only watch just like one or two moments. I got to consume the whole damn thing, whether it's the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You know, buddy, I, I got you. Great to be on with you, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I appreciate you saying that. I'm coming off of a week at the beach, the Jersey Shore, which I'm sure on some level you can relate. Uh, I was at Spring Lake on Saturday, of course. I was down at the shore myself on Saturday. Oh, my gosh. It was absolutely glorious. It's great to be back, though. Uh, Steve, where is Steve? Steve's like in the Moabs of Utah or something. Like He does this every year. He takes this week off every year. And I thought, all right, who can I get to fill in for Steve? talk about a bunch of things, and we probably referenced this last year. I do not believe, to my knowledge, there is nobody who's a better combination of entertainment 
and information when it comes to sports betting right now than you. I really think you're the guy. Like, I think you're the guy. And what's crazy about it is it was like 12 years ago that you were a show producer at Sirius XM NFL Radio, maybe even like eight years ago. I don't know. But whatever it is, a, a job that I would say is probably not thought of as like destined necessarily for great things. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I do want you to talk about your career a little bit and like what you were thinking when you were producing some of my shows at Sirius XM NFL Radio and how the heck you got to where you are now. Because I do think there's some life lessons there. Well, first thing, like, and I'm not just saying this because we're doing the show. I loved working with you. Like I, because you, you, you know your stuff. You've got a good personality. You're a nice guy off the air. Like I had dinner with you and your wife in Pennsylvania on one of the training camp tours that we were on. So like, you're a good dude. So I always, I always really enjoyed whether we were doing shows on the road, whether they were studio shows, but it was me, you and Jim Miller, who's also a great guy. You know, these are, these are great memories of mine. And I'm actually going to tell us a story, something. When I think of you, I think of one story. Actually, two stories. One maybe we'll leave on the cutting room floor, but uh, that always makes me laugh. But yeah, so um, I'll I'll be trying to be as brief as I can with this and appreciate the kind words. Um, so I went to Fordham, and uh, I worked at the radio station there, ninety point seven WFUV. We're seeing a lot of big time talent coming out of Fordham on the broadcasting side. Syracuse, watch out because Fordham's coming for that ass. A um, lot of great Fordham broadcasters now. Um, and my junior year interned at FAN in New York, and then my senior year interned at. At the time, Sirius Satellite Radio, the first year of NFL Radio, the 2004 season, which culminated with the Patriots beating Donovan McNabb and the Eagles um, in the Super Bowl, and got hired by Sirius out of college. And at that point, you know, I had I had won a New York State Broadcasters Award my senior year of college for hosting the NFL draft when uh, the Giants traded for Eli Manning. Um, we beat all the major radio stations in 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 the New York area as a college radio station, 90.7. Um, but I did not want to move after I graduated. You know, my girlfriend at the time lived close. My family, my friends were all close. I got offered a job in Buffalo. I got offered a job in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I decided to, to stay. And um, I kind of found myself interested kind of in the behind the scenes um, facet of radio. So I got hired by Sirius. They did not want to put me on the air right out of college, which I understood. Maybe it would have been a pressure move by them looking back on things, but that's not what happened. So <laughs> I, 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 I kind of, I kind of really liked it. And look, like I made like no money for a long time. Like Ross, when I was producing those, so, those shows for you, I was making no money, like literally living in my mother's basement, not figuratively. Like I was actually literally living, like we turned the basement into like an apartment in my mom's old house on Long Island. So that is a thing that, that actually happened. So I, I look back on, on that stuff fondly. Like, listen, I went through it. Like I, I worked my ass off. I scratched and clawed to get to where I am. And I look back on that and I wouldn't trade it because those experiences behind the scenes gave me so much perspective as a talent now talking where, I mean, I, it's not just that I feel like I'm able to deliver like with, with, with my words, kind of the content. I think I'm able to kind of conceptualize before the show even starts how it should be delivered. What's the order in which things should go? What's the hook for a segment? These are all things that working with, with talent like you and, and Adam Shine, who I produced for for many years, like helped hone kind of my content skills where I feel like not just on air, but off air, I feel like I can really like put a show together and really make a show sing. So these are great memories that I've had and uh, never gave up on the dream. Sirius didn't want to put me on the air. Good for them. God bless. Ended up going to CBS and now I'm at Odyssey. So this kind of all worked out. And the story that I want to tell, um, so I forget what year this was. Maybe it was like, 
2010 or 2011. <laughs> I, I don't even remember who the third host was, but Ross and I are doing a show at Dolphins Training Camp in South Florida in Davie. And for people that are unfamiliar with weather in South Florida, like I lived there for three years, you will have, you will be in paradise one second and then the apocalypse is on nigh the next. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, after, after like the biggest rainstorm of your life where no one can, you know, can steer the ark with all the animals through it, you're back in paradise again. It's wild. So we're doing the show at Dolphins Training Camp. Tony Sperano was the coach. And we were interviewing Jared Odrick. And you were talking to Jared Odrick about Penn State. And we're... And we are like under this canopy, right, uh, in in the stands at Dolphins training camp. And it is a torrential downpour, like insane cats and dogs. Like you've never seen anything like this. And it's getting to the point where the water is kind of penetrating like, like the canopy above us and coming in through the side because of the wind. So now there is an accumulation of water around all the machinery and all the wires. And Jared Odrick is looking at me as this is going on like, he didn't say anything because he's on the air, but he's like basically like, I don't know if this is safe. And Ross, whoever the other host was, is asking a question. You take your headset off and you're much taller than me and you got to lean down and you go, dude, we got to get out of here. And I'm like, you're right. We are because we're going to get electrocuted. So that is that story always stands out to me. Like, I will never forget the look on your face and like the panic in your voice where you're like, man, like we got to go. And I'm like, yes, man. Yes, we do. So that always Dude, that always I, kind of stands out I, to me. I just remember thinking like, there's a lot of electricity and wires here, yeah, and it's like pulling up of water. I'm like, I can just picture like not only for me, but like how bad it would be for Sirius XM if like one of the Dolphins like star play Jared Odrick, second round pick out for the season. Why electrocuted on moving the chains? <laughs> <laughs> oh man yo you gotta so by the way um th there's a lot to get into here and, and i want to get nick's thoughts on the nba nhl the nfl bets he likes because what's really crazy is you do four hours of what you call wagertainment every day that's a lot man like first of all <laughs> I don't know how many other daily betting shows there are, but then four hours, like that's a lot of content. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I think right now, you know, the NBA playoffs is kind of like manna from content heaven and uh, we're, we're super into it. But look, I mean, like it is, it is a lot, but Ross, like people like you, me and you that have been doing this for a long time and this isn't to make it like, I'm like, like God's gift to this kind of thing. But listen, been doing this for more than half my life at this point. I'm 38. I've been in the industry literally since I was 18. So, I mean, we can kind of sit down and conceptualize how a four-hour show is going to go so we're not filling anything. There's always stuff going on. There's always stuff to talk about. I'll give you an example. So yesterday, you know, we try to do NFL in every show because A, it's awesome, and B, everyone loves it, right? Because it's awesome. So how can we do NFL in the show? So, you know, I'm looking at kind of news stories here, and it doesn't have to be like Julio Jones gets traded, now we're going to do NFL. No, it's, well... Jarvis Landry said Odell Beckham Jr. looks amazing, you know, working out. So we use that story and that soundbite as a way to talk about the Cleveland Browns and the hype around Cleveland heading into this season where we kind of have an unprecedented situation in the betting market where Cleveland's Pythagorean win expectation last year, despite the fact they won 11 games and nearly upset Kansas City in the divisional rounds of the playoffs, was eight. Like, they got lucky a lot last year in the regular season, played in oh, a bunch oh, of weather games. What is Pythagorean win? What is that? 
or I don't want to make it like I'm like this math whiz because I'm not. I'm like stealing content from people. And, and by the way, and by the way, I don't think there's anybody better at the math stuff than Fezzik, my normal co-host. Like the math stuff, he any odds you give him, any anything off the top of his head, he will tell you what that translates to. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I can't do that. Not at all. I mean, my co-host can't. Pythagorean win. What is that? Okay, so Pythagorean win expectation um, is basically like the amount of games that a team should have won that season. I think it's has to do with like points scored and points allowed and some other crap as well. Um, people can look this up. This is all like readily available information. But basically, it's more of like an actual indication of what a team has done the, the season before. So Cleveland won 11 games last year. The Pythagorean was like 8.3 or something like that. And now their win total is 10 and a half, where normally you would see the win total for the next year, assuming like coach quarterback remains static, like they, they come back, that the win total is going to more reflect the Pythagorean expectation. Cleveland's win total is 10 and a half. So it's kind of un- an unprecedented situation. So we're able to marry like, like a story that's relevant in the news with a team that's really hot button and and marry it with kind of like a really cool betting angle and it turns into it turns into a great segment you know we we can do an hour easy in our sleep on the nba playoffs we literally do it it'll be the first hour of our show today as we tape this on tuesday we're going to do an hour on the nba playoffs to start we do a full hour on the power hour which is our bets for that night where we kind of run through everything so that's kind of done three guest segments two or three open segments where we kind of slot in other sports stuff euro cups huge right now we'll do a segment or two on that every day and boom four hours over before you know it. So it it seems like it's daunting, but uh, I, I actually think like the big secret is it's actually not terribly difficult to execute and execute well. Got it. Um, well, you do it extremely well. Um, and the other thing I would get to before we get to some specific stuff, you know, Steve mainly focuses on the NFL. I mainly focus on the NFL. He kind of has a guy for every sport. You know what I mean? Like NFL is his focus. He's got a college hoops guy. He's got a baseball guy. And they help each other. Like, that's what these pro betters do. How do you blend being sort of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none? Because that's really what you have to be. I mean, you're doing a daily show year-round. You can't be a master. You have to be a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, I I think that what helps is, you know, my co-host, Ken Barkley, um, and I'm, listen, I'm not like his agent, but I want to talk him up here because he enables me. Like that's part of, he's a huge part of the wagertainment formula. Where like, listen, I entertain and I can inform, but he's really sharp with a, a lot of these different sports. And when he's not as sharp with, with some of the sports, you know, we bring on hockey experts, pro hockey betters. We bring on, you know, pro golf betters or pro tennis betters that come onto the show. So I think what we try and do is, you know, we're very honest and authentic with the audience. Like, like, I'm not a huge golf better. I was during the pandemic because it was the only thing going on and I'm crunching the numbers and trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing. I'm not a huge golf better. Now I I will do my research and I'll give golf bets out on the show, but we have experts come on to kind of give their golf bets and we highlight those experts. So I I, I think that's kind of how you do it. You just be honest. You know, I think that I've been watching sports for over 30 years. So I have, you know, all the major team sports. I, I, I know inside and out. I can talk about those easily. But when it comes to other sports, if I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. And then we're going to bring on someone who does. And we're going to highlight that person. I think that's how you do it. All right. I do have a golf bet because we know what's coming up this weekend. Third major of the year. How about this? How about this bet? DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on Bryson DeChambeau sinking at least one birdie this weekend. 
Seems like a strong bet. Yeah. Are you kidding me? A hundred to one odds. Unless he's in his head about the match for next week. But I think, yeah, I think that's probably going to be an easy winner. Probably cashed on Thursday. If he doesn't get a birdie, something's very, very wrong. So if you want essentially a free $100, okay, go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code Ross to turn $1 into $100, which is amazing. All right. That, got, by the I way, got, is I, why Ross is such a stud doing this for a living. Seamlessly integrated that that in, into our conversation. That's what makes Ross such a stud. You this. like that? You like that? It. That's that. That is my. That is one of my strengths. My my segues. <laughs> they say so. But here's the deal. I, I I I probably shouldn't admit this, but I will. So I mentioned that I was at the beach last week, right? So we got up at four a.m. Monday morning and drove back. That's how I roll, right? Monday morning, drive back. So I get home at like 7.15, and I do College Draft Podcast with Emery Hunt at 8.20, whatever. Then I do Adam Lefko was on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Watching the Sixers last night, I'm exhausted, dude. Like, I'm exhausted, right? I went to bed night before 10, got up at 3.50. Sixers are up by like 15. They're absolutely rolling. I'm, I never send out non-NFL tweets at Ross Tucker NFL. I got Joel Embiid eating the apple. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tweeting, you know, I think the biggest reason why the Sixers are killing the Hawks is probably because they have much better players. Like, I'm, I'm loving it, right? Because honestly, Nick, like, I really – I'm at the point where my favorite team to root for is my high school football team. Why I'm missing, right? The NFL and even college football, like I work in them, so you can't really be a fan. And then I like Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies when they're good. Like I'll, I'll admit it, I, I don't really, I don't have the time to watch all year. But like if the Flyers were in it right now, I'd be all in. The Sixers are in it, so I'm all in. If the Phillies were good, I'd be like. I'm, I am that fan that I hated when I was 12 years old, right? Like, I hated this guy that, oh, now they're good. Now, that, yeah, well, that's me because now I got a wife and kids, whatever. Dude, I went to bed. <laughs> and when I got up to take a leak and I saw that they lost, there was still, I'm 42 years old, married, two kids, still, Nick, a small part of me that felt guilt and blame. Like, <laughs> I let them down. I am part of the reason why the Sixers lost last night. Do you ever feel that? I mean, you, I know you're a night owl, so you probably never go to bed. And you, like, you always stay up and watch it. But, like, I felt like, wow, I quit on the team last night, and then that's why they lost the game. Well, I, I actually – I. I went to bed last night in like the third quarter of the Clippers jazz game and I had a sizable bet on the Clippers and I woke up at like three in the morning and I like looked at my phone just to make sure that I covered the bet, which I did, which was great. So that, that does happen every once in a while. Look, I think it's kind of like the, one of the dirty little secrets of this field. And look, I, I'm hyper sports fan and have been my whole life. 16 year old me would absolutely despise 38 year old me in terms of being a sports fan. Cause I gotta tell you, bud, I don't care anymore, man. Giants lose. I used when the Giants blew the 38-14 lead on January 3rd, 2002 to the San Francisco 49ers and lost 39-38, I literally cried after the game. Like, in a dark room, shut all the lights off, cried. When Jay Feely missed all those field goals against Seattle in 2005 in a regular season game, I cried after the game. My sister came out outside on the deck and was like, you're 23 years old. Like, it's time, it's time to grow up. And I was thinking, yeah, you're probably right. I don't care now. 
I don't care about any of this stuff. Because, like, we've been doing this for so long in the space. We worked in the NFL, especially you, me to a lesser degree, where, like, I know people that work for the Eagles and the Cowboys and other organizations. Like, wow, like, I really like these people. Like, these people are really cool. I don't want these people to lose. So, really, for me, it's become, who did I bet on? That's who I root for. Now, look, I'm like you. Knicks made the playoffs this year. I was super into it. The Yankees suck right now. Guess how many times I'm sitting down during the week to watch the Yankees. Take that number, multiply it by a million. You know what it is? Zero. Why would I waste my time watching that terrible team? I'm not going to do it. I got other things going on in my life. I get no benefit from watching it unless I bet on it. So I think you and I are kind of on the same wavelength here. Um, I, I wish it were kind of different, but this is kind of the uh, the path we've chosen. We get paid to talk about sports, so it's hard to be as invested as a fan. All right. Give me some NBA bets that you like right now could be bucks nets tonight could be sixers hawks tomorrow night or clippers jazz maybe it's a series line maybe it's a team to win it all like what whatever you got on the nba that you think is strong i'd love to hear it well i i am very invested um in the clippers in the series against the jazz um they went down 1-0 i put a series bet on the clippers they went down 2-0. I put a series bet in on the Clippers. I bet the Clippers in game three and game four of the series shifting back to Los Angeles. The Clippers covered all of those. I still why? think the Clippers. Why are, you so, why are you so into them? Well, I just feel like the Clippers, Utah's kind of, the Jazz do what they do and they do it well, but they only do what they do. Like they can't do anything else other than what they do. And like when they're making all their threes, like they're, they're probably going to win. They can win a championship if they get super hot for an extended period of the time. But the Clippers can have answers for them. And we kind of saw the Clippers do this with their rotation in the series against the Mavericks where they fell down uh, 2-0 in the first round. And then they eventually figure it out with their rotations and they quote unquote like solve a team and what that team's trying to do. And then at the end of the day, they've got like two, two of the best players and certainly the best player on the court, maybe not against Dallas, um, when Dallas had Luca, who's like transcendent, but I think Kawhi's the best player in the series with apologies to Donovan Mitchell. So I think the Clippers have clearly shown you that they've solved the jazz to a, to a degree here and watching games one and game. Now, maybe Mike Conley comes back and make things a little different. I still like the Clippers, but in games one and game two, the Clippers should have won game one. Um, they were a day and a half removed basically from an emotional game seven against Dallas. So I thought they were drawing dead coming into the game. They still should have won game one. I watched all of game two. They should have won that game too. Terrible shooting. Utah was begging the Clippers to take that game. And uh, the Clippers were like, nah, you can have this one. We'll take two going back to Los Angeles. And then they did in a uh, dominant fashion. So I think the Clippers have kind of solved Utah to a degree here. Um, so I, I like the Clippers to go on and, and, and win the series here. And I think you can still get them around like plus 100. Um, obviously not as good a bet as the ones I placed, but I do like the Clippers to win that series. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily bet it um, because the price is going to be big. Uh, I would be absolutely stunned if Philly lost to Atlanta. I guess we kind of have to, here's the crappy thing about the postseason. So many injuries to star players. It's brutal. We'll get to uh, Brooklyn in a second. Jo- Joel Embiid is obviously the ticking time bomb here. Clearly not healthy last night. If he is, I think they they win going away against Atlanta. So assuming that Embiid's good to go, there ain't no way Atlanta's beating Philly, but I guess we should wait to see what Embiid's status is moving forward here. That's what kind of the fly in the army with that series. And unfortunately, I'm not a doctor. I would be shocked if we saw Kyrie Irving and James Harden in the series against Milwaukee. Maybe if it gets to seven, maybe you'd see one of them here. I I struggle to make a case for the Nets to to win one of the next two games, which sucks because they are clearly better, I think, than Milwaukee, and they proved that in games one and games two. But 
it's going to turn into a referendum on Kevin Durant's legacy, which is so annoying. And I know that the idiots in our content space are going to be like, oh, well, KD couldn't get it done by himself. So he sucks. It's like, actually, you suck. You suck for actually saying that. Whoever wants to say that. Um, I just don't think he can do it. Like, it's Durant and a bunch of guys against a really good Bucks team. So Bucks are four and a half tonight in game five in Brooklyn. I like Milwaukee to win the game. I think they'll probably cover the spread. And uh, if there's no Harden and no Kyrie, I, I just struggle to see how Brooklyn advances here. So I'm going to lose a bunch of money on Brooklyn futures. What can you do when two of the three guys get hurt? So I very much like uh, Milwaukee at this point now. And I hate them. And I hate that I hate them because Giannis is a fellow Greek freak like yours truly. But uh, they're really annoying, and they don't deserve to win, but they're going to now because of the injuries. <laughs> what about um, – you mentioned it earlier, Euro Cup. <laughs> Dude, Here's this is funny, right? I'm at the beach with my wife's family, and my wife's uh, cousin is watching Turkey against somebody, right? Italy. Italy, Italy. won 3-0. I had the over. That was Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern. It was great. Yep, and he has it on TV, and it says Euro Cup 2020. And I'm like, I'm like, are yeah, you it's really annoying. into this? Yeah. I go, are you really into this? He played soccer, like in high school, was really good. He's like, yeah, but this is from 2020. It's just a replay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was live. Yeah, do we do that stick on the show? I call it every day on the show, Euro, Euro 2020 in 2021. It was supposed to be played last year. COVID knocked it out, I so was, they didn't update I, the I name. Screwed, yeah. I didn't realize that I see people tweeting about it. I'm like... Oh wait, like th- that—that's just what they're calling it. Yeah. It's so stupid. what? Is, so it, Euro Cup is essentially the World Cup, but just for Europe. That's right, and it's it is absolutely magnificent. And I love soccer. It's actually probably my second favorite sport behind American football. I love soccer. Love Why? betting on soccer. I, it's it's hard to explain to like, and I don't mean to like put like you or like other fans kind of like in, in a box here, but like I'll say like American sports fans. I think it's hard to kind of like explain to people that are not kind of vested in it or have not paid attention to it, how awesome it is. It's not just kind of what goes on the pitch, they call it, but like the drama that goes on behind the scenes is it's tabloid stuff to like the nth degree. And it is absolutely massively entertaining. And then you add in like geopolitical intrigue, right? With like countries that hate each other that have been like at war with each other in the past, have to play each other in soccer. Like it's, it's just awesome, man. And I actually, I, I enjoy the game and like the cat and mouse stuff that goes on uh, on the pitch. And once you actually like realize that, like actually what's happening, it kind of elevates it to a new level. But I am like, I watch every game. I bet on every game. I am like massively into the Euro cup right now. Got it. All right. So, how, like, do you have a bet there for people? Like, do you have something you like? <laughs> yeah, man. Do I have a bet? Let me see here. Let me because I have like I can give you like twenty five bets if you'd like right now because I have have them all written down here. Um, well, some you of have them- a notebook. You don't have like a spreadsheet or anything. You have like an old school handwritten notebook, bro. I write I write everything down. It's all written down. I've got like Why a don't, million notebooks. Hold a second, though. I am I am transitioning as we speak from. I got a bunch of notebooks for like each business. Hold on one second. Probably not supposed to do this during a show. Keep talking. Say something. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I'll give some bets out. Um, Well, I don't know when this podcast is going to post, but I like Germany to beat France today. That game's Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I kind of think Germany's got a good chance to win the whole tournament. I've got an outright on Belgium to win the tournament. They're going to get Kevin De Bruyne back. I know Ross is a big They're Kevin not going to win it. Belgium's not beating Italy and England and Spain and off, Germany. Yes. yes, Belgium's significantly better than both England and Spain. Maybe you can make a case that Italy could beat them. Belgium will definitely beat England and absolutely beat Spain. Is Belgium... This is where I get in trouble. Belgium's the same as Wales, right? No, 
They're not. I don't even. What are you, people from Belgium? You are, you, you, are, you, are, you are the dumbest person to ever graduate from Princeton. <laughs> that's, that's what bell, are people? What are people from Belgium called? Belgian. Have you ever had a Belgian waffle? Where do you think it comes from? <laughs> <In> Scotland? <laughs> like Thailand? Hey, like hey, so here's what I wanted to show you. I so I've got. As you know, Go Big Recruiting and my front page story, and then I got the podcast business. I have a, a notebook for each of them. Like, and I and every day I have notes for each business and when I have conference calls and whatever, right? I am recent I'm transitioning away from this because when you're traveling or something, like you don't want to be bringing all these notebooks, and it's not easy to go back to like previous pages. Like it's a pain. Whereas yeah. if I, I have an open spreadsheet and I just keep going down, 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 you can always scroll up to the night, the day before, the day before, whatever. So I am literally in the transition of moving from notebook to strictly digital. You know, I, I don't, I, this may be me. When I write stuff down, like with a pen, I feel like I like commit it to memory and I don't feel like I get that when I type. That's just me though. And look, I'm also not a businessman than you are. So, you know. All right. So here's what I got for you. Um, do you have any, so you did the Euro, anything NHL? Uh, well, yeah, I think the Islanders are going to win the Stanley Cup. But that's um, not your team. You're a Rangers guy. I'm a Rangers fan. But as we, as we've previously said, while, while it over fandom 100 times out of 100. Okay. Um, but my, here's my question. Cause you grew up in Queens, right? Yes. Okay. So I would think most, are most Queens people Islanders or Rangers? Um, I would say there's definitely more range, well, Rangers for sure. But um, my grandfather grew up in the Bronx, so we are a Yankees, Giants, Knicks, Rangers family passed down from my dad to me to my children eventually. So yeah, my grandpa grew up in the Bronx, a fan of those teams, and that's why I root for those teams. Okay, here's my question though: Do you kind of adopt the Islanders a little bit for the playoffs? Like, do you kind of root for them because it's you live, you grew up near there, you live near there, or not at all? Um. If I didn't do what I do for a living and like I like was like a, I don't know, like an accountant or something, I would probably root against the Islanders and I'd probably be like, oh, Rangers, huge rivalries for the Islanders. But, uh, oh, okay. But, but no, I mean, like I, I bet on the Islanders against the Penguins because Christian Jerry's an absolute mess. That was an easy bet. I took them against the Bruins because Tuka Rask clearly wasn't 100%. Those were easy bets. I bet them, like the, the, the price before the Lightning series, the Islanders were plus 225. That price should have been like, at best, minus 180 Tampa, like plus 150 Islanders. Like that was a crazy insulting line. That's an easy bet to make. Then the Islanders win game one, and now the Islanders are basically like, even money. Nice little um, synergy there to win the series now. Of course they are, because the two teams are like identical. Uh, I think the Islanders are going to beat Tampa. And then I think they've got a great chance they'll be the underdogs against Vegas. I'm riding the Islanders to the finish here, one way or another. Um, your favorite NFL bet right now. Might get you on again before the NFL season, but your favorite NFL bet, whatever it can be, a season win total, uh, MVP, comeback. I thought you were going to mention Odell as comeback player of the year when you said we used that clip from Jarvis Landry, blah, blah, blah. Your favorite NFL-related bet right now. I want to give you a win total, and then I'll give you a division bet that I really like. Okay. Um, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. I don't know that he, A, plays the season, or B, plays with Houston. Let's assume Watson doesn't play. I think the Texans could realistically go 0-17. 1-16, 2-15. The roster is 
absolutely dreadful. That is a terrible roster. I'm not trying to bang on the players on the team. It's not meant to be insulting. Just the fact of the matter. I don't, I don't see you're going to hang a four and a half win total in a 17 game season with that team. I will, I'll gladly take the under on the Houston Texans. So that, that's one that I'm definitely eyeing. Um, it's funny because I was, I was kind of like on the Jaguars over as a result of Houston being bad. And I was down on Tennessee. I actually, I think, I think the Julio Jones trade's a big deal for the Tennessee Titans. So I don't know if I like the Jaguars as much now, but I want to go to the NFC East. Um, I feel like people are sleeping on Washington a little bit. Their odds were crazy a couple months ago, like plus 375 to go back to back and win, win the NFC East again. When kind of, I, I was saying on my show, you better, you bet for a while, all this team needs is like even like a semi-legitimate starting quarterback. And this team's ready for primetime, man. And look, Fitz has his warts. He'll look like Marino one week, and then he'll look like, you know, like Kevin Cobb the next. So like we, we do see that sometimes from Fitz, but I think Fitz is more than capable of getting the ball down the field to McLaurin. Love the sign of Curtis Samuel coming over from Carolina into an offense and with a coaching staff that he's familiar with, obviously, with Ron Rivera um, and Scott Turner. Love Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, um, Brown, the speedster out of North Carolina. I, the offensive line, the defense is obviously really good. A coaching staff there. I don't know that Ron Rivera is Lombardi, but like I think he's definitely like one of the better coaches in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm not a believer in Dallas because I think that defense stinks. And I think Mike McCarthy was like shockingly bad last year. And like, I like Mike. Used to come on, I don't know, used to talk to him off the air. I made it like we were like good friends. We weren't. Probably doesn't remember me. But anyway, he was a really nice guy. In any event, I thought he did a really poor job last year. Uh, I know you like Micah Parsons, but I mean, really like another off-ball linebacker with like a, a top draft pick. I thought that was poor. Dallas getting outmaneuvered for J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan. So love the offense. Lions should be better. Those score points. I don't trust the defense. I don't think Dan Quinn is necessarily like the ointment to cure um, all their ails. And then the Giants, I want to be high on. That's my favorite team. I want to be high on them. If Daniel Jones is good. I think they can be very good. Uh, here's the here's the issue. I don't think he is good. So it's hard for me to like the Giants to do make a lot of noise. Ergo, uh, I think Washington's kind of pretty undervalued right now in that division, the NFC East, to win it and go back to back. At the Costos, you must follow this man on social media. Look, I, I I'm just telling you, he's a star. People will realize over the next five years how much of a star he really is. Follow him on social media, The Costos, founding father of Wagertainment, which I love. He's the host of You Better You Bet, live, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Odyssey app. I do go on that show from time to time. I enjoy doing it. Nikki, you're the man. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Ross, thanks for having me, man. And the other story that I was going to tell involved me and you at Buca de Beppo in Indianapolis for the scouting combine and a beer named Rossi, which you really like because it has your name in it. It's another <laughs> great story. But thank, thanks for having me. Always happy to come on with you. That was amazing. Costos is amazing. Fezzik will be back next week. Other than that, good luck. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough 
and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 